My name's Olivia. I'm Raven. We are not the default Americans. When we go back in the past for black history, well, now we got a problem. But for white people? How far you want to go? If you want to piss off any everyday average non-black American, just add black. Including black people is not excluding white people. Every damn time we get rights or acknowledgement, it sparks a violent rage. Especially in white people. I am not less deserving just because I'm a black blind woman. Disability makes a lot of people uncomfortable. It affects the psyche of people with disabilities. Like, did we not contribute? Another way to fight against oppression is to celebrate our successes and our progress. We're not completely our oppression. You can sit there and talk about how you think everybody is equal, but do equality, do equity. As long as they're getting what they need, they don't want things to change. Today, we are talking about marginalization and minoritization. There is some controversy surrounding using this term to refer to communities and groups of people that face oppression in general, right? There's all these different terms used to lump all of us together, oppressed groups, marginalized groups, marginalized communities is the one I use a lot, minoritized people, minorities. And I don't want to say there's not a right or wrong. I guess it just depends on the context. There's people who find the word minorities offensive because it seems to perpetuate that there's a hierarchy, which there is. We'll get into it. I'll, 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 say, I'll get is there not? <laughs> I agree. We need to change language to change attitudes. I understand. But also, like, we got to change our behaviors. Hmm. This is really messy here. This is like the chicken and egg type of situation here. I don't it know. is. Two things can be true at the same time. Language does matter, but also, too, certain words and phrases can hold a specific meaning and they don't need to change, but the people, yes. the society does, mm -hmm. you know? It makes me think of the whole people first versus identity first debate. Yeah, I was thinking and that too. We had that episode, I think it was last September, I'll link to it in the show notes. But you can call me a person with a disability all you want to. That has not done shit to change. Girl, how much discrimination we no, face as people with disabilities? Thing. Okay, I can't not. say it hasn't done anything, but I don't oh, think it's not, had not a enough. societal shift that people claim. No. People still don't view us as people. Exactly, <sighs> I'm or, sorry. or not autonomous individuals deserving of respect. So mm -mm. you could say, "Oh my God, there was another one," because I know you heard of. Differently abled and yeah. otherly abled. Otherly abled. Please stop. See, we're going to get more into this because I'm going to read something. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Want me to do definitions? Yes. All right. Olivia, please. Definitions for minoritize and marginalize if you can. <laughs> Have all the mercy. This is just as well. As far as minoritize goes, to be minoritized is to be pushed to the margins, often out of your own control. This term is used intentionally in lieu of the term minority, 
as it is not due to the lack of representative numbers that disenfranchise people of marginalized groups. Rather, the sociocultural hierarchies and policies that negatively impact them. I thought that was a pretty complete definition. The example that they gave that I thought was interesting, it says white billionaire women who independently gain their wealth are a minority within the U.S., but their experiences within the world is not because their race and economic status holds power. I thought that was a really good example because it's like, yeah, okay, you might be a minority here, but you're not a minority in general. Yeah, the world over. And, mm-hmm. Yes. And the problem with this, though, is when you look at minority from this perspective, it says it centers white power. Like, it's white people and then non-white people. And that is the argument a lot of people have, I've heard. What right. The word minority is very contextual. Right. I agree. Because here in the United States, black people are considered a cultural minority and a racial minority. Mm-hmm. In other countries, that's not the case at all. Exactly. Even here, there are certain religious minorities that we have here in the United mm-hmm. States that are not the minority in other countries. I did find something that said, oftentimes, minority refers to a group that's less than 30% of a population. Sometimes it's less than 50%, but oftentimes less than 30. Mm-hmm. That's the numerical usage of minority, but it's tough because minority carries this double meaning with it where uh, it never is just numerical because the numbers aren't there. There's not a representation of certain perspectives either, and those could be cultural perspectives, social perspectives, and things of that nature. I'm thinking about, like, in the countries where, I think it's South Africa, where the majority of the population is belonging to different cultures, like the Zulu and different cultures like that, but their economic structure is controlled by white people. In that case, they are not a minority. I think that's when you're more marginalized. Like, yes, you make up a greater population density, but you are still marginalized in a different way. So you're not, you are not a numerical minority, but you are um, not represented. Your interests, your opportunities are not the same as that of the the power class. Yeah. Marginalize means to put or keep someone in a powerless or unimportant position in society or a group. I thought that was pretty clear cut, like basically to deny them access, right? To deny them access to the things the rest of society gets. They're pushed out to the margins, right? You don't get any pizza. Or you get the corners, you get the leftovers. Like, uh, Native Americans would be a perfect example here in this country. Exactly. I mean, there's lots of examples, but Native Americans for sure, where they were kicked off their land mm-hmm. and then given shit land. They're given like, yeah, well, land. you can have this other land over here that we don't want, and um, you can live over here, even though we're going to build like nuclear power plants. Poison your water, the soil. And like waste reservoirs yeah. on the land that we've kicked you to. Mm-hmm. 
But at least you have something. Yep. Fucking despicable. But yeah. So I do believe in that case. I think people get. They use the two interchangeably. Right. Yeah. And I don't fully disagree with that because there are groups within groups. Right. So you can be part of the subculture. Yeah. Yes. You can be part of the dominant culture. Okay. For example, you can be white and part of the lgbtqia community Mm -hmm. so yes you are white which is the majority in this country but being part of the lgbtqia community makes you a minority of sorts and yes as well as you know you can be white and have a disability so on the one hand you're part of this you know majority culture dominant culture whatever but on the other hand you do understand how the dominant majority culture is marginalizing a significant or marginalizing you, othering you. We need to make a drinking game out of this episode. Jesus. For anyone listening. No, I don't want to kill nobody. I want to be responsible. (laughs) I guess you can use them interchangeably because they both can refer to lack of representation when it comes to interests or the lack of access to power or access to freedoms. Mm-hmm. I think minority and minoritized rubs a lot more uh, marginalized people the wrong way because there's a few different controversies with these terms. I'm just going to get into it. One, this type of terminology, minoritized, marginalized, allows for a lot of different groups that face oppression to be clustered together. Mm-hmm. And all minorities, so to speak, I don't like using that word, or marginalized communities don't face the same inequities. And so by clustering everybody together, there's a failure to recognize different groups face different inequities and you can't address them all the same. Mm-hmm. So an example that I can think of is where, this is pretty common, A university will say they have a lot of diversity on campus. Well, what they've got is a lot of Asian students. A lot of them might actually be from overseas. They're they're not even folks who were born here. But they lack in diversity when it comes to Black and Hispanic folks. Mm -hmm. Black and Hispanic Americans, specifically. And I don't know how diverse you can really be when a lot of your diversity is the same people. To me, it's almost like saying you're diverse because you have women <laughs> there. Um, because, yep. you know, and they we, use that because we're time. technically considered marginalized or we're technically considered a minority. It's like a way to get around it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's bullshit. You're not diverse. And it's even up there, too, with claiming to be diverse when you've just got the token few there and you're not actually diverse when you break down percentages. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we've got 15 people of ethnic minorities. Oh, and also narrowing minorities down to just ethnic minorities and not addressing, okay, you know, what can we do to appeal, appeal to or represent students who 
are marginalized insofar as sexual identity or religious identity, etc., right? Or disability. Or disability especially, yes. And we have talked about how diversity often excludes disability. Right. That's part of the problem with using these terms. Definitely in the academic sense, but I would even think that applies to uh, the legal sense, workplace, occupational, things of that nature. Yeah. However, at the same time, yes, I don't know what would be encompassing enough because you're never going to please everyone, right? You're never going to please everyone. And what would be encompassing is you need to just attack. You need to form a plan of action or a plan of attack that is comprehensive and addresses people specifically. Because if you don't, you're going to leave someone out. I think that was the original intent for this word, but people will always violate. They will try to find ways I know, but it. but like we said on a, a recent episode, if you don't actively take steps to not discriminate, you're going to. So if you That's just want to cover yeah. everybody with a blanket term, you're going to discriminate against someone because you're not breaking it down to all the different people who are not being represented. That's why I don't really care for BIPOC. Please bring this up. Um, Please. I think it, it stands for Black Indigenous. Indi Indigenous People of Color. At first, I liked it, right? Because I was like, okay, it is Black, comma, Indigenous, and then the uh, other people of color. Yes, all the other people of color. <laughs> yes. And at first, I thought, okay, yeah, because I will always go the hardest for Black Americans and Indigenous Americans because I think we've been fucked over in ways that quite simply other people have not been fucked over to the same degree. Not here in the United right. States. Hell no. Not here in the U.S. Nope. I can't speak for anywhere else. This is what I know. This is where I'm from. This is what I do. Also, if you want to ever correct us, you can email us. Pull up, as I say. But at the end of the day, there are different experiences that have been had by Black Americans and by Indigenous Americans than other Americans of color. So I did like the separation, but then I felt like that was even more erasure after a while yes. than just saying people of color or black people, because then you had to face the fact that, like we say all the time, there's anti-blackness everywhere. And so there's anti-blackness in, in black America, but there's anti-blackness in all of these groups. And so then there's that to contend with. So you put us, you lump us all together because that's essentially what you're doing still. And you lump us all together. So it erases the individual struggles that we all have to go through. And it sort of just, it does a similar thing to the word minority. Yeah, it makes me think of when... <laughs> People even use the uh, phrase people with disabilities or disabled people when you talk about addressing the needs of disabled people or accommodating people with disabilities. We all know certain disabilities get accommodated more than others do. Yeah. Okay. That's just fucking true. There is a willingness to accommodate certain disabilities and not others. Or That's true. When you think about the fact that like... All of our disabilities are different. Even if you accommodate wheelchair users, you're not necessarily accommodating blind people or accommodating right. deaf people. Or you can accommodate blind people, but you're not accommodating deaf blind people. Exactly. Different needs for different There's different people. needs there. And mm -hmm. even the term people with disabilities is very general. And yes, at least there's an acknowledgement that 
there is a need for accommodation, but it does not tell you what exactly needs to be addressed. And Mm -hmm. when you talk about wanting to work with minorities or accommodating or accepting minorities, welcoming minorities, uh, some minorities, quote unquote, are more welcome than others. And that's not how it should be, but that is true. That's how it is. You know, I can see how this is difficult. Yeah. I really can. Because there is no one size fits all. Mm -mm. So it's easy to say this is what should be done. But unless you stay ridiculously flexible and just keep adding things, like you're adding shit to an Amazon cart, but you're never going to hit buy... If you don't stay f- that flexible, then you're going to end up missing somebody. Because like you said, blind people, they don't have the same needs as deaf blind people. I met this one guy once. He was blind, but he had no sense of touch. So he couldn't read Braille. Never thought of that. But that's a thing for some people. So you're always going to be missing somebody because there's always another viewpoint to consider. So I can understand how people will be like overwhelmed, not to say that you should just stop trying, but I can see how you could get overwhelmed with, okay, how do we include everybody then? The way you include everybody is not by, definitely not by turning away certain people because it's too hard to accommodate them because that's what we deal with a lot, right? We're asking too much. It's too expensive. You need Mm -hmm. too many things. In a sense, you should be flexible. Like, I understand it's going to be harder for us to be flexible with our language. I understand what you're saying there. The way that we extend the flexibility is in our behavior and the way we treat people and not just create barriers of access to say, okay, well, we accommodate minorities, (laughs) but not disabled people. Right. (laughs) Not Not your type of minority. We're not paying for your screen reading software or we're not allowing your dog in here or... We accommodate uh, minorities, but there's not a wheelchair accessible entrance yet. Uh, Well, there's a problem. That's why I say the two things can be true at the same time. Language does matter, but sometimes language is not the most important thing. Correct. You can change the language, but the bigger issue is society. It really is because when you think about how these terms are used in reference to the lack of representation. Well, you can break it down and say that we're trying to appeal to all these people, but are you welcoming them? Are you making space for making their space? interests? Are you making yeah. space for the ways in which they are different and not just saying, well, you can come here as long as you don't stand out? Don't uh, remind us that you're different. This is super common in like workplace culture and I think even a lot of educational institutions. So language is just one piece of it. But another problem with these words is a lot of people think that they reinforce hierarchy like we talked about off the top in this episode. And using words like minoritize or marginalize indicates victimhood or a deficiency, or some sort of a deficit. Because this is a language that we're using to describe groups of people that have less power, or just are viewed as less than in general. It sucks to talk about people that way. It's a very harsh reality, I mean, I guess, because I don't want us to be viewed as less than, but we are, regardless of what I want. 
<laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, this is not a dream world. No. In reality, we are viewed by the majority culture as not them. Can we stop pretending that this is not a thing? It is literally what humans do. I don't know if it's strictly a primate thing or if it's a human thing, but we live in hierarchies and our society is built like that. And if you are not part of the majority group, then we engage in othering. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying it's what happens. Yeah. And I think we need language to talk about it because... (laughs) I don't think if you eliminated the language, we suddenly would stop doing it. Exactly. (laughs) This is something that we were doing before we had as many languages as we have, as many words as we have, or any words at all. If anything, I think if we eliminated the language to talk about it, we would do it even more than we already do. Yes, I agree. There is a socioeconomic hierarchy. You can't deny that. And the people who are at the top of that hierarchy tend to make the rules or they can pick and choose what rules apply to them. We all know that. I don't know why people pretend that's not. And and a lot of it is appearance based. Yeah. Right. Because you could get rid of all the words, but we still make a lot of decisions based on who we trust, who we don't, who we welcome, Mm -hmm. who we don't, who we spend time with, blah, blah. Yeah. Based on appearance. Exactly. Even if you are, say, here in the U.S., are there millionaire black folks yeah but there have been several situations where black people have gone into a high-end jewelry stores and had the cops called on them or told to leave because there was just this societal belief that this person must be in here up to no good because they couldn't possibly have the money whereas that person even though they were black did have the money but this societal bro what there was a uh, an artist recently that dealt with this at a bank. Oh, yeah. Ryan Coogler? Yes. He gave the teller or some employee a note saying how much money he was asking for. And he asked them to count his money essentially out of the view of everybody waiting to yeah. be serviced, which I don't blame mm-hmm. anybody because if I have a lot of money. He asked I, for $12,000 in cash. I don't want people to see exactly. that that's being counted out. And especially since they count it out verbally, they're not hiding the bills as they're counting them out or anything. So everybody can see and hear what's happening. But yeah, anyway, they called the police. They thought he was trying to rob the bank. People were trying to mitigate it, saying, oh, it wasn't racist. Oh, my God. Well, the person who called the cops was also black. So and I'm what? like, yes, we that, know that. Yes, yeah, she she's black. Sure. But she has bought into the belief that if a black person is asking for a large sum of money, it couldn't possibly be yeah. there. Because we all have anti-black sentiments here in the United States. Yes. Or at least we're all raised with them. Even in the black community. Yes, even in the black community, because we're being raised in a society that... Hates us. ...degrades black people. Just like women. There are so many misogynistic women or women with misogynist attitudes and anti-woman attitudes and all of that. It does not matter. Right. It doesn't preclude you just because you belong to that group from being influenced by the anti-whatever belief system that you even are a part of. Anti-black, anti-woman, whatever. It does not shield you from that. Right. Yeah. You live in a 
in a society that has set everybody up to discriminate against certain groups of people, even if you belong to that people. There are so many ableist, disabled people. Oh my God, yes. Man. Oh my God. Wow. You never lie. Because we're, we're raised by a society that shits on disabled people. Yep. So yeah, a lot of us are going to turn out to be ableist. I'm still working to overcome a lot of my ableist beliefs. Yeah, okay? I mean, me too. There's things that we say and do that we don't even think of as ableist. And exactly. they are. So uh, there is a hierarchy. I don't care what you fucking say. It <laughs> exists. And just because you want to freaking hold hands, sing Kumbaya and yes. believe that everything is going to be better if you just clap your hands three times or click your heels or whatever the fuck it is. Just don't say it. Don't talk about it and it won't be there. Yeah. Ignore the problem. It'll go away. Yes. Like, when has that ever worked? But what is old dude saying? The article we were reading. And- I'm about to talk about this article, please. Please do. I'm about please to do this. Do. So I found this article called A Call for a Language Shift from Covert Oppression to Overt Empowerment. And this was written by an assistant professor at a school of education. I think it was the University of Connecticut. So I'm going to read from his article that I, I wanted to unpack. It's going to sound very academic because, like I said, it was he wrote it from this perspective. Essentially, he is against using words like minoritized, marginalized, oppressed groups. And I have some excerpts here from uh, his article. This sums up the purpose of his article. But he says, the language we use and how it is interpreted can consciously and subconsciously perpetuate dehumanization, marginalization, and oppression. Specifically in reference to using the terms we're talking about, marginalization, minoritization, he said, the referencing to groups in this way distorts the perceived possession of power by positioning groups who are being oppressed as powerless and dominant groups as controlling all the power. Hence, without the qualifying term numerical to the term minority, frequent references to oppressed and marginalized can perpetuate and exacerbate pathological assumptions about human worth and potential for positive change. So he is saying that using these terms dehumanizes people. Essentially, it identifies groups of people by the oppression that they face and not by their humanity. Mm-hmm. And I know what you're saying, man. Like I know what he's trying to say. I don't want to be identified by my oppression, but also part of my experience as a human that occupies marginalized communities is that I face discrimination and I do face oppression and there needs to be words to talk about it. How can we stop doing it if we don't talk about, one, that it happens, and two, how it happens? If you don't acknowledge the problem, it is not going to go away. And wanting to get rid of these words, I think this is the type of shit that causes people to diminish the experiences that we do have. To say, every you know, everybody goes through trauma. We all struggle equally and... For white people to dismiss what black people go through, for able-bodied people to not have an understanding and dismiss what disabled people go through, for men to shit on what women go through. And I'm not saying that the word minorities tells you everything you need to know as somebody who isn't one 
or doesn't belong to a specific minority group. But these words allow us to further dissect the problem. You start with these broader concepts and then you narrow it down. I agree. My other quote from him is about some of the language that he proposed should replace uh, words like minoritized, marginalized communities, minority groups, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he means just for this to be an academic literature and legislation or beyond he did not specify in his article Mm. i can assume certain things based on what it said in his little bio at the bottom but he didn't specify in his article okay here we go one phrase involving the use of empowering language that does not define a group or groups by encounters with oppression is powerful groups targeted for oppression so he is saying (laughs) Instead of referring to folks as a marginalized community or as a minority group, you would refer to them as a powerful group targeted for oppression. Uh, He abbreviates that to say PGTOS. Now, he said this term emphasizes the humanity and power within groups while still acknowledging the reality of oppressive systems. I disagree. We're going to get to that in a second. Yep. The phrase targeted for can be replaced with subjected to based on the context. The term oppression can be used interchangeably with marginalization, underrepresentation, economic deprivation, educational neglect, exploitation, or other related terms. So, for instance, in place of the phrase women of color, the phrase powerful women subjected to intersecting oppressions abbreviated to P-W-S-I-O-S, could be used. (laughs) Olivia's laughing. This has got to refer to academic (laughs) literature and legislation. But even still, I am against that. I am fully against that. I am vehemently, I diametrically oppose because I understand you want to use empowering language. Okay. Listen, man, there needs to be a sweet spot of we don't want to create this depiction of marginalized people like everybody is a fucking victim and we are entirely powerless as people however i don't want to gloss over the oppression that we face and i think when you add in very clunky language like this even though the word the word oppression is in there But when we go back to what we were saying earlier, where a lot of these terms lumps everybody in together and does not specify the inequities that we face in the different marginalized communities that we belong to, this language that he's using here does not solve that problem. Empower me all you want to, but it's not going to help dissolve the inequities that we face. This is Editing Raven. After we recorded, I thought more about this phrase, powerful women subjected to intersecting oppressions, and realized that the issue with this extends beyond what's problematic about phrases like BIPOC, women of color, and minority women. Women facing intersecting oppressions are more than just women of color. That also includes disabled women, LGBTQ plus women. Mothers, atheist women, Muslim women, and on and on and on. You might be able to argue that this phrase applies to most women. So it just encompasses too many people. 
applying this professor's formula for empowering language, a more accurate phrase might be powerful women subjected to race-based oppression. Concerning the phrase intersecting oppression specifically, a lot of people still don't understand what intersectionality and intersectional mean. And if you don't, go check out our second episode on feminism. Also, when you overcomplicate issues, you're not helping resolve them. If we were to apply this formula to the phrase disabled people or people with disabilities, calling us powerful people subjected to marginalization based on disability, this is so broad, it doesn't tell anyone who you're actually talking about. Especially since, when phrased this way, the language further extends to loved ones of disabled people or many of the folks who work with or for us professionally. There are a lot of laws in place to support people with disabilities, and many of them have very clunky titling that isn't easy to say, shorten, or abbreviate. And part of what makes it so wordy is the language used to refer to disabled people, or the fact that they're only for people with certain disabilities. So nice effort to all the activists, advocates, pros, and politicians for getting these laws passed. But are we actually being helped when you consider the costs of legal proceedings, among other barriers. Is anybody making that a more accessible and less discriminatory process? You can change what you call us, but are you helping us face less oppression? Are you changing people's attitudes? There are people who don't believe we face discrimination or that we're even being oppressed in the first place. Going back to empowering language, the way to empower people is talking about their achievements and successes specifically. We don't need to mention empowerment and oppression in the same breath, because, as I already said in this conversation, the fact that we in marginalized communities face oppression while living our everyday lives, accomplishing our goals, and making change in our communities is powerful. Back to the conversation. The entire problem is not that we in this country as black people or disabled people are seen as powerless that's not it thank you the fucking problem is i show up with my black disabled self and you decide oh god what are we gonna do with you like you see me as a problem before yes. you even find out what i need yes you see me as a problem before i open my mouth based upon your preconceptions of what i can offer what I bring to the table and you judge me on that and it's built into your thinking. It's built into the system. It's built into society. So before I even say anything, there's already things I have to overcome because I have to overcome your thoughts. And if you are controlling access to what I need, where I need to go, what I need to do, your thinking, your thought process is an obstacle. The systems that are in place that did not include me is an obstacle. So I do show up as my black disabled self and I have a shit ton to contend with before we even know if I'm the problem. I hate it. I personally, as a person who has grown up being taught I'm a minority or I'm part of a minority group, 
Right. I never thought that I was less than. No. I honestly did think it was one, numerical. And then two, because we are marginalized in this country, because we're not part of the majority group. We're not part of what implemented the power structure in this society. We are not. We're making ways, but even still, those people who are allowed in are allowed in by the people who are already there, who aren't going to cause too many issues. And that's a whole other conversation. But I never thought as a person who's part of these minoritized or marginalized groups that I'm less human, less powerful, just have access barriers that people who don't belong to my groups don't have to face. People who belong to the majority groups don't have to face. Yeah, people who belong to the majority don't have to ask for accommodations. Exactly. Like when you when you think of because you've talked about this before when you did your episode on um, disability pride, I think last summer, you talked about that, how uh, the word accommodations means like they were not planning on you being there. Exactly. Right. I have to request essentially for somebody to welcome me into their space and allow me to function optimally the way that everybody else exactly. is is granted that out of the gate. I am not granted that out of the gate, right? Because an accommodations request is just that. It doesn't mean that I'm entitled. It doesn't mean I'm going to get what I need. What I think yeah. it means is that here's what I need in order to be part of this, right? Like accommodations for work. The job's not changing, but what I need to be able to do this job, I need these things. And if I don't get them, I can't do the job. So the job didn't have me in mind. The job description didn't have people like me in mind. So I have to ask for accommodations. I mean, Ugh. that's what accommodations are. But what I'm saying is you have to request to have what you, you need ha- to do exactly. your job. Whereas other people do not. Or at least they are not subjected to the same denials that we are. The denials right. of service, the denials of accommodation that we are as disabled people. It doesn't matter. First off, when you make something super wordy, like he made it. Yes, yeah, very like clunky. Said, very clunky very language. Bad. Can we stop pretending people are, their attention spans are getting longer? They're getting shorter. And you lose people if you do not punch it straight to the point in a lot of cases, especially in difficult conversations. So you're using all of these these roundabout words to say this one thing. That's why I do understand the argument if you're looking at it from one perspective and not the other if you're saying because people like to equate the word you know minority minor right who's a minor child what do children not get to do they don't get to make decisions they have a guardian they have somebody who is an authority over them and so people see minor and minority or minoritize and they go oh i'm capable i'm not a minority and it's like well, that's not the only way of looking at it. So if you are only going to look at it from that perspective, then I could see why you'd be upset. But if you're trying to throw all these words in here talking about, what do you say, women facing... <laughs> oh, God. Powerful women subjected oh, sorry, to yes. intersecting oppressions. That. Who the fuck is listening after you say powerful? They don't even know what you're talking about. And then it becomes a laughing stock. Then it becomes, oh... Are you one of those PGTOSs or what? It would bring on the hatred, right? Like, think about how much hatred there is for, like, LGBTQIA+, where, like, folks are calling it the alphabet community. Right. Yeah. I I mean, although, I mean, I'm not against normalizing. Listen, everybody could become an alphabet community, I guess, then. But I don't think that that's going to help the way that he would like to see. And No. I don't know. There's Mm. other ways to change attitudes. 
I would work on changing some of these stereotypes and stuff before I got into, well, let's stop calling marginalized communities minorities. Marginalized, yeah. Or marginalized, yeah, because he doesn't like marginalized either. But... Uh, She's still saying the same thing. He's still saying the same thing. Just with more words. I don't look at uh, minoritized. I, I do not like that word. I don't mind marginalized. I don't mind marginalized. Minoritized does have an emotional sort of ickiness to me. Uh-huh. It doesn't make it wrong for anybody else to use it. It just means that I don't want to use you. it if other people want right. to. I don't care. I care more about what you actually do. I care that when you're talking about people specifically that you don't call black people blacks or that, that yeah. you don't call Hispanic people Hispanics or you don't you don't parse it out like Donald Trump did. Specify blacks and Hispanics and then talk about the American people. That's a very fucking interesting way to um use language there. I care more yeah. about stuff like that because that shit is very fucking telling. Calling people I minorities, I get over it because uh, we got bigger fish to fry, so to speak. We have bigger fish to fry. The last thing I want to talk about is this idea of lacking power or not having any power, right? Because he, this author, he wants to use empowering language. And I don't view the terms marginalized or minoritized as saying that I am powerless mm-hmm. um, or essentially labeling me as a victim. I don't see it that way either. And a lot of people do, apparently, especially from the minority, uh, the majority group. They're like, why do you want to be a victim? It's like, no, it's not. About that's that? not the case. <laughs> also, please, please go after the people who are discriminating. Do not go after me for talking about how I get discriminated there against. I'm going to say it every I feel like I'm going to say it every episode now, please. But yes, yeah, blaming the, the wrong person. Yeah, you really are. So I don't view it as identifying myself as a member of a powerless community, but I no. I am a, a member of society and a member of communities that society looks down upon. And even if we never talked about it, I would still experience it every day. And I appreciate having a way to talk about my experiences. I appreciate having I, a way yes. to identify with other people. Having language. People who share these experiences or who share these types of experiences. Exactly. It's very important for a lot of different reasons that we have talked about on other episodes. But yes. I don't see myself as a victim, but I do have problems that I have to either overcome or work with in my everyday life that other people do not you just don't. I am not ashamed to talk about that. I don't think that makes me less than. No, it's just your experience. Well, and also that makes that makes a lot of people really badass because so many people give up. All these additional layers of discrimination and prejudice, it really does make a lot of people give up because... Not only do I have the standard bullshit that everyone else does have to deal with, but now I have bullshit that I have to face because I am blind, which is a, mm-hmm. which is a bunch of extra bullshit. Um, but <laughs> I do not think it's appropriate to minimize the discrimination that we face. We should not minimize that. I talking agree. about it does not make me a victim. It really is just talking about my experience. I don't really know how else to phrase that for the people who are made uncomfortable by us talking about the discrimination that we face. You don't even fucking face discrimination or you don't face the same type. You're just made uncomfortable because we're talking about it. That is not my fucking problem. 
Your comfort doesn't have anything to do with my reality. And that's why we're in a lot of the situations that we are, where they're trying to ban these books and these conversations and those pictures, whatever. They're trying to curtail the language and the conversation to spare people's feelings and not to accept the reality of the way things are and the effects that that reality has on the American people of all ethnicities, races, whatever. So yeah, no, I'm going to keep using minoritized and marginalized, preferably marginalized because that's how it's accurate. It's concise and it opens the floor for dialogue. But trying to say other words or use very extensive language or not say anything at all, it's not about to change anything. So no, I'm gonna keep using it. And people are uncomfortable, they just are. And also, if you want it to be the case that people don't think of themselves as victims or view other people as victims, work mm-hmm. on the people doing the victimizing. Stop pretending those people don't exist. Because this stuff, we're not making this up. If there is, <laughs> If there are marginalized groups... There is someone doing the marginalizing. Yes. So look in, look at your people. If you belong to the majority group, Asha, all right, talk to your peoples because we wouldn't have marginalized groups if there wasn't someone in a position to marginalize others. This is Intersectional Insights. If you like our content, leave us a rating or review to help the podcast. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you have any comments, questions, or topic suggestions, you can email us, intersectionalinsights at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening.